Have you been enjoying your, um, your, your journaling for the uh, Daring Faith? How many? <laughs> they have great. I love his um, scriptures, you know, every day to focus on his scriptures. Let's uh, say a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you for um, being our God. We just want to invite you here this morning. We pray, Father, that you would give us um, ears to hear and, and eyes to see what your spirit is teaching us. And I just pray for strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, the past four weeks, we're on the fifth week, we've been talking about daring faith. Um, in Hebrews 11.6, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Living with faith in God and his word is not optional. It's required by God. Without it, we cannot please him. So the question we need to ask today is how do we walk our lives in faith in ways that please God? What does it look like in real life? Today's topic is Dare to Plant in Faith. Um, let's read together Ephesians 2, 1 through 8. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. God saved you by his grace when you believe. God has provided a way of escape for us from the power of sin and death through faith in Jesus. How do we walk our lives in faith so we can be raised from the dead along with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realm because we are united with him? The answer is to daily sow in faith. Sowing is like planting seeds. It's actions you take, it's steps of faith. After time, you will reap what you sow. Today, let's talk about how we can sow in faith. The first step is put God's word in your heart. If you're, you're taking notes, pull out your notes. And the blank line is, put God's word in your heart. That's the first step of sowing in faith. There is power in God's word. Only by sowing God's word in your heart will you be able to walk in faith. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of Christ. I've seen people grow in faith and become strong in their walk with God when they make daily time to read and meditate and memorize God's word. The church helps us with Bible teachings on Sundays like we're doing today. But if you want to be strong in your walk with God and united with Christ, you need to meet God and get his word in your heart daily for yourself. Our lives are so busy that if we sow into business, to the busyness and the distractions of the world, we will find ourselves drying up in our faith, and our walk with the Lord will become more distant. We will reap what we sow. There are many distractions in the world. Work, chores, hobbies, social media, activities with friends and family, recreation. There just doesn't seem to be enough time to daily meditate, memorize, and put God's word in your heart and in your life. We will sow in faith as we firmly make time. We need to choose to plant God's word in our heart and make time with him. That is the first step to sowing in the spirit. Ask God to meet you and ask him to help you to guard that time. As you spend time in his word and prayer, he will hear your prayer and you will grow in your faith. Be aware that putting God's word in your heart is only a first step. The second step to sowing in faith is to believe God's word. So in your notes, get that blank. The second step is to believe God's word. As we read the word of God, we will come across passages that cause us to pause. Its instructions and teachings will be different from how we live and think in this world. In Isaiah 55, 8, let's read it together. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I will send it out. It will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. God's word is powerful. After walking with the Lord for decades in faith, I've grown to understand. God knows way more than us, and he is right. If there's a conflict in the way we're thinking and what we're reading in the Bible, just know God is right. We need to trust Him and obey because going back to the Ephesians 2 passage that we, talk, we read, we are coming out of bondage from the devil. So the conflict we get when the way we think and what we read in the Bible is because we're thinking the devil's away. God wants us to be free from the devil and the ways that he thinks. He wants us to be clean and pure and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be blessed and he wants us to be a blessing. It comes by changing our way of thinking, changing it to God's way of thinking. The way we start changing and becoming more free is the third step. The first step was put God's word in your heart. The second step was Believe God's word. So the third step in your notes, act on and obey God's word. Our faith grows 
when we hear God's word and believe it and act on it. All three steps are needed to sow in faith. Put God's word in your heart, believe his word, and act on it. I grew up in a Buddhist family. We annually got together for memorials and Buddhist chanting every year or a couple times a year. As a youth, I started reading for myself the book of Genesis. It's the first book in the Bible. And I was struck by the power and love and awesomeness of God. If you haven't read read Genesis before, I'd like to encourage you. It's an easy reading. It's fun. stories. But you you begin to see um, what I saw, that God is scary. (laughs) God was so good to Israel, but he was not happy when they worshipped other gods. That year, at that, at, as I gathered for the family Buddhist ceremony, I thought of what I read in Genesis. Um, I realized that w- what, I, what we were doing was worshiping other gods. Um, I decided to stop. And I talked to my mom. She decided to stop too. Auntie Sally, she decided to stop too. The pressure on us was just do it for the family. It's custom. It's tradition. It's what we grew up with. Make the aunties happy. God knows that you really believe in him, right? But after reading Genesis, I saw that I needed to make a choice. Will I make the aunties happy and God unhappy? Or will I make God happy and the aunties unhappy? When I thought of it in that light, the choice was easy. I chose to make God happy. I sowed in faith at the risk of offending my family. Decades later, I mean, it's just within the past maybe two handfuls of years that I realized and I saw the weeping of my choice to sow on honoring the Lord. The reaping was, the reaping or the fruit of what I sowed broke off Buddhism to my family. Today, most of my aunties have opened their hearts to trust in Jesus. We no longer do the Buddhist ceremony. Even for Mark's side of the family, after we got married, we did the same thing. And they weren't happy with us. But we saw the same. People in the family started breaking free to receive Jesus. Souls got saved when we sowed in faith. It was worth the cost. Breaking off a stronghold in the family was not an easy thing. It came as I read the word and acted on it and counted the cost. God does the rest. He set our family free. As we plant action in faith, God moves his hand on our behalf and the results are good. Okay, we talked about the steps of sowing in faith. They are, tell me, put God's word in your heart. Believe it. And the third, act on it. So I want to talk about real life examples of how we can sow in faith. How many of you here spend time with the Lord daily in Bible reading and prayer? You're sowing in faith. You're taking action. And it's not easy, right? In Matthew 4.4, Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. To encourage you to daily read and spend time with God, I want to mention some resources. 
My favorite site that I mentioned before is BibleGateway.com. It's free. They also have a mobile app that you can download. Uh, you can select different versions of the Bible to read. My recommendation is New Living Translation, which is NLT. I also like New American Standard Bible, which is NASB. The cool thing about BibleGateway.com, it even has an audio version. So if you'd rather listen than read, you can, you can do that, listen to the Bible. Pauline Shimabukuro just mentioned to me another app that she's using, um, created by Nikki and P Pippa Gumbel, who are founders of the Alpha Course. Their app is called Bible in One Year. You can go to the App Store, download their mobile app. Each day, they do uh, a devotion on the daily scriptures, and they go through Proverbs, and the New Testament, and the Old Testament. You might want to check that out. Thank you, Pauline. Um, a third resource, which I would highly recommend if you're not and having a hard time getting into the Word, gather as a group and um, use Divine Mentor. It's a book by Wayne Cordero, who teaches a Bible study method called SOAP. It's a great way to get started in reading Bible reading and finding gems in the Word and doing it together with your family or your small group or just a group of friends. You read a passage of scripture through observation, application, and prayer. You find the gem in the scripture and you put it in your heart. I think the prayer part is the most important part. You find the gem, put it in your heart, Lord, help me to do it, and God will answer that prayer. It's important because apart from him, we can do nothing, even if we want to. Okay. Um, third resource is the uh, resource that um, Pastor Sonny mentioned, Seek Out the City. They have scriptures in there. Even the Dare to, um, Dare, Dare to, you know, the journal that we're doing for our series has scriptures in there. You can utilize any one of them to start yourself off or to continue yourself to be daily in the Word. Okay, so that's a real-life practical way. Everyone has to choose to do it themselves. I want to encourage you, sow in faith by being daily in the Word. The second way to sow in faith is money. Money is one of the most difficult areas to sow in faith for a lot of people because it's their security. A way to sow in faith to break free of this is to tithe. In Malachi 3, 8 through 11, it says God is speaking to the Israelites and he's saying, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord gets the first and the best. So the tithe would be 10% of your gross, your gross pay. When you step out in faith and honor the Lord with 10% or more, God's promise is he will open the heavens, pour out a blessing, and bind the devourer. The crazy thing is this is the only place that I know of in the Bible where God says, test me. Nowhere else, you're not supposed to test the Lord, but he says, test me and see if he will not open the heavens, pour out a blessing, and bind the devourer. The first time Mark and I learned about this teaching was before we got married. So we decided to put it 
to action, and we tithe our wedding gifts. Um, that amount was more than Mark's gross pay at that time. Um, two weeks later, um, I received a check for almost double the amount. I test, we tested the Lord. He proved himself, and we have not stopped tithing, even though we're in the pastorate now. So in faith. It's worth it. Our ability, yours and mine, to earn wealth comes from the Lord. Do you believe it? It's in the scripture. He gives us health. He gives us all the things that we need to make us succeed in our jobs. So let's honor him. Giving the tithe is a step of faith. God wants us to trust him to meet our daily needs, not trust in the riches that we've stored up. I want to encourage you as you drop your tithe in the bowl to pray, Lord, build your kingdom. Because then it's, it's giving it in faith, not just, oh, it's a bill. <laughs> build your kingdom, Lord, and watch and see him honor that prayer. Mark and I have learned a lot about God's provision over the years. God wants his people to have faith for finances. He wants us to be at the place where if we need something, we can just ask and he'll give it. It'll be according to our faith. God is a God who sees our hearts. Nothing is hidden from him. He sees if we are trusting our money and our savings or if we're trusting him. We will reap what we sow. Mark and I don't have a big savings account. Neither do we have a retirement account that we can count on. We give a lot of money away each year to God's causes. I'm debating whether to tell you the next part or not. Last year, we gave 20000 In the world's eyes, we are foolish. But we are not foolish to trust God, who is almighty and who keeps his promises. Amen? We'd be foolish if we turned our backs on God and put our investments in the world, our hope and our future for the future in the money that we've accumulated. God is happy when we trust in him and not in money. Matthew 6, 34 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things would be like the food, the clothes, the stuff you need. Verse 34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus himself spoke this passage. Do you believe it? Can you trust him for your daily bread? For the future? God doesn't want us to hoard money for the future. God wants us to live for him and trust him. God will provide all your needs if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So in faith, honor the Lord with your tithe and trust him for your daily needs. Christianity only works because God, who is living and almighty, is in the picture. A third way we can sow in faith in real life is through obedience. One thing that struck me as I read through the Bible uh, earlier, like you know, over time, there's a common trait in people of faith, people who please God. That trait is 
that they were careful to obey God's commandments. In Genesis 6, God instructed Noah to build the ark. And in verse 22, it says, Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. It was not an easy job. He was supposed to build an ark that was 450 feet long. That's like a football field and a half. 75 feet wide, 45 feet high, with three decks. He was supposed to fill the ark with food, gather his family, go into the ark, and gather two of every kind of animal. Thus Noah did, according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Noah sowed in faith, in complete obedience. And what did he reap? Salvation for his whole family. Completed God's mission for him. Abram, in, verse, in cha- Genesis chapter 12, verse, um, in the chapter, verse Genesis that chapter 12, God came and appeared to Abram. Abram was living his life with his family in Haran, and God said, uh, move, go to a place I will tell you. So he didn't tell him where. He says, move. Abraham was, and, and in verse 4, so Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. Now, it wasn't an easy thing for Abraham to do. He's 75 years old. He had accumulated a lot of stuff. He had servants. And so, but he did what the Lord said. He gathered his nephew, all his stuff, all his servants, his wife, and he moved and went where the Lord showed him to go. Abraham sowed in faith through complete obedience. And what was the result? God fulfilled his promise that he would be um, a father of many, that God would make him into a great nation that would impact the world. Abraham obeyed, and he, he sowed obedience. He reaped God's blessing. On the other hand, you can look at the Bible, and you can see results of people who didn't obey God completely, such as King Saul in 1 Samuel 13. He took things in his own hands, According to his own understanding, he would go halfway and make excuses to God. It didn't go over well. He ended up losing the kingdom to King David. You reap what you sow. Let's learn from these examples. God is pleased if we obey him completely. Over and over, we see great people of faith sowing through obedience and reaping amazingly. This is how we apply daring faith to our lives. Sowing in true faith will result in obedience. One day at a conference, um, Mark and I was at a transformation conference, and it was offering time. So I asked the Lord, Lord, how, many, how much do you want me to give? And I was thinking 200. It's generous, right? A generous donation, 200. And as I listened, I felt like the Lord say, give 1,000. I was like, what? My God. 1,000? What will Mark say? And so um, I, um, um, it was a you know, three-day conference. So I talked to Mark, and after pause, Mark said, go ahead. So in faith, we obeyed. We gave God what he asked for. Within two months, we received almost double back. Actually, we received over double back from all different places. When we sow in faith through obedience, we will reap God's blessing. A bigger test happened when Mark first became a pastor. It was the first time that the both of us were earning full-time pay. One of us or the other of us was always in school. So when we 
settled down into Mark's first pastor job, we were really excited to buy a house. Um, I always remember my Bobo telling me, never rent, always buy. My Chinese grandma. You're only giving money to somebody else to buy the place, right? So that's echoing in my mind. So we're looking for a place. It's during the Japanese bubble when the houses are jumping high so fast, you're like feeling pressured, I gotta buy quick. And as we prayed, Lord, where shall we buy? Where shall we buy? Both Mark and I heard the Lord separately, don't buy. What? Don't buy. You know, my Chinese grandma is smart, you know. I know the prices will just keep going up, right? After we wrestled with ourselves, put to death that dream, we decided to obey the Lord and we didn't buy. Just as I knew, the prices of housing continued to increase. 18 years later, the rental that we were in was being sold and we were thrown into this crazy rental market. We would need about $700 more each month and we didn't have it. But we remembered God's leading years before. God was the one who told us not to buy, right? So he will provide. And we wrestled with the fear and, and strove to believe and trust the Lord. That month that we are supposed to move out, our friend, Justin Panoki happened to come visit our church. He wasn't a regular attender. He just happened to come, and he heard our journey, and he said, you can stay in my vacation homes. I, I'm managing. And we're like, wow, okay. So when we had to leave at the end of the month, that next month, we stayed in his vacation homes, which was like the nicest homes I've ever been in. <laughs> Indoor heated pool, outdoor jacuzzi on the beach, just beautiful. Um, for one month, we stayed there, all the while continuing to pray, Lord, provide for us. After the month was over, we moved into a Kaimaki um, rental that did cost market rate, but we had the money for it by then. Uh, don't ask me how. <laughs> I'm really good with numbers, and I just know that God provided. Five months later, we bought our own home, our town home. It's really not because I'm good with numbers. It's because we sowed in faith 18 years prior and reaping God's miracle. So now I can, I'm at a place where I can just give when God tells me and not count on a reserve of money. I can say, Lord, I need this. And you know what? We'll provide it. It's like a good place to be for all his people. I'm convinced that this is what God wants each one of us who are called believers to have because we're nearing the end times and we have to have the faith to say no to the mark of the beast. How will you do it? Start now. Jesus is giving us time to get ready for his coming and the difficult times ahead. I want to close with this passage in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I am no different from you. I just make a practice of sowing in faith, trusting the Lord and honoring Him. I want to encourage you to do the same. While there's still time before Christ comes back, let's plan in faith by sowing God's Word in your heart, believing Him, and taking actions of obedience. You will not find success 
doing it on your own. And he doesn't even expect you to. He wants you to learn to walk with him and do it with him. When we, when we sow in faith, power is released to break strongholds of the devil off our lives and those around us. And we become united with Christ, just as God intended, as it says in Ephesians 2. Let's pray. Yeah. You didn't practice this. No, I didn't. <laughs> but, you know, um, that was pretty good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, but, you know, you know, like, you act all tough, right? <laughs> you act all tough. But, you know, Do I, I act mean, tough? <laughs> what came to mind when you were talking, though, yeah. was another area where, mm-hmm. you know, you put God in your heart, you uh, believe God's word, and then you acted in obedience, right? Mm. As you were talking about. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things is, um, you might think she's tough, but she was like really a, a really scaredy cat. I mean, <laughs> crazy kind. Where we go to a beautiful park in Portland. You know, we're living in Portland. And it was, was a beautiful park. It was lunchtime. was bright, you know, in the middle of the day, right? And it's a beautiful park. And, and no one's there. So I'm thinking, oh, man, this is like the greatest thing. It's like... We got the park to ourselves, you know, and all this. Joe is looking around. She's like, kind of nervous. Nobody's here. I go, that's right. Nobody's here. I said the chipmunks. And she's like, um, I don't know, man. Maybe we should go. Joe, nobody's here. She goes, yeah, nobody's here. And she, goes, she was afraid because no one was there. She thought, what is bad people? I don't know what you were thinking at that time. But over your life, you know, you've been... Fearful in a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how did you break through that fear? Because, you know, you're afraid, you know, oh, my shadow, you know, <laughs> you're afraid. But how did you break free of that fear? By putting God, you know, God's word in your yeah. heart? Yeah, right. So that's another way to, um, God wants us to be free from all the strongholds of the enemy. And two of the things that I struggled the most with in my life from the time I was young, fear and anxiety. And so I can share with you. <laughs> For those of you who are struggling with fear, use the word of God. Fear, Psalm 56.3. When I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God will I trust, I will not be afraid. You declare that word. You put it in your heart and you believe it until God takes away the fear because he replaces it. He's with us and, he, and we don't need to be afraid. So even in the midst of your fear, as soon as you started to feel afraid, Whenever you wrestle yeah. with Then you fear. would just say God. Yeah, you declare you... the word, and it's like the word is like a sword, the Lord says, right? His word is like a sword that's two-edged sword, cuts through bone and marrow. It can cut through that bondage of fear that um, you may be struggling with. Anxiety too, Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let, the requests of, let, let your requests be lifted up to God and the God of peace will guard your hearts, that surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You, you claim that word, you memorize it, you declare it until you're freed from that bond, invisible bondage of anxiety that the devil has around you. So you still get afraid, you still get anxious, yeah. but in the midst of that, you put that into practice. You declare right. God's word, you put it in your heart, you, know, you believe God's word, right. you act on it. Yeah, and then it's not only... Uh, like a self-help thing, it's really letting God come in. That's what it, that it got, without God, this self-help, you know, it's just a mind thing, right? 
But the word of God is not just a mind thing. He's, he's a God who will take action on his word. Mm. That's, what the, that's where the success comes from. All right, yeah. good. Yeah. All right, now you can pray. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let's pray. Lord, we just give thanks to you for... But you know what? Before I pray, let's let them worship. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. That's okay. I'll just pray. <laughs> Mark is the one who's the normal professional speaker. Lord, we just give thanks to you for this message. We just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. You said that your word will not come back void. So we open our hearts to you and say, Lord, come fill our hearts with your word. Um, empower us with your spirit to walk with you, to totally be set free from any bondage of the enemy because you raised us from the dead along with Christ and we are seated in the heavenly realms with you, united with you. Help us, Lord, your people to live this way with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.